0: the more you know.
1: This is The Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. Pardon
2: it. Here's your host, Greg Cody. Hey, everybody. All right. Welcome back to The Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody, episode four. As usual, we're excited to be here. We're excited that our Podcast family has joined with us again. Uh, we have a big show. We got a lot to talk about. A lot of fun stuff in the show. Uh, we, we've got uh, another Greg's top ten. We've got um, a lot of NFL free agency talk and Tom Brady talk and Dolphins. We discuss Chris is a, b- here with me and, and we discuss uh, the Dolphins free agent hall and all that stuff. Also, Levitard show fans are who who listen to us are going to love this. We've got uh, a nice fun interview with uh, Juju Gotti, the uh, the rapper from... You really
1: move your hands a lot when you're doing this setup. Do I? You're very uh, you're very energetic. You're into right, it. I'm it's like, like you're dancing with your phone. He talks to his phone in a way. He's like punching it, like very excited. I know. I'm like, well, you know, I'm not
2: uh, a naturally... En- oh, you're not natural? I'm not a natural. I couldn't tell like the last three weeks. I'm not a naturally enthusiastic person. You know, for me to ramp up the the sound of my voice to to mimic enthusiasm it I, I have to do the hand gesture thing right you know so uh, where was I well you know Juju Gotti he's he's a fun interview talking about his new music uh, but but first uh, we just want to talk a little bit about. Everything we all are going through. We want to explain why we're sitting six feet away from each other while recording on the same phone. <laughs> yes, and, and why we're not in the closet because that's so cramped that our, our beaks are practically touching each other. But it, it's b- bizarre what we're all going through. I, I, in, in my Back in my day, which hopefully many of you have listened to and can still, on the Levitard show, I, I dealt with this about uh, you know staying at home now and making the, the most of it and all that stuff. It's, you know, one thing that struck me is just how much we take for granted just the everyday stuff in life mm-hmm. that was the norm until it was all taken away. You know, I mean, you, you, you wake up in the morning now, you're stuck at home for the most part, unless you're making an absolute emergency trip to the grocery store, you know, mo- <laughs> a week and a half ago. Two weeks ago, you, you could still go to a movie. You could, yeah. We went to a concert uh, a, cu- a couple of days before all hell broke loose. You know, so it's just the way things have changed so dramatically. Our freedoms are, that we come to expect have been taken away by necessity.
1: Are you like me that you're getting really good? Because I've, like you, I've been bunkered down, but I did have to make a trip to Publix, our grocery store, yesterday. And are you like me that you're getting very good at walking by people without breathing? yes that's like that's my thing now oh i do that too. like if i'm if i happen to be on an aisle and like we're walking by like like we're like everyone's still trying to keep their distance but if you happen to happen to walk within like a couple feet of somebody you hold your breath for that couple seconds yeah i thought
2: i was the only one who does that no no it's, it's i totally
1: i'm getting great at it
2: yeah and here's another thing i do uh, if, if I look down an aisle and it 's crowded, oh yeah, where I think i 'm going to have to wait or go right next to somebody yeah. else i 'm like i 'll check this aisle yeah. out later, yeah you know so it 's uh, yeah the, the little tiny things like that uh, and, and, and you i I want to ask you a, a a personal question because you know you 're a young guy with a a, a family you, you have a two year old daughter who 's one of the loves of my life what 's the anxiety level been for you professionally and personally? I want you to talk a little bit about how the you know the Levitard shows, yeah. and you're a producer, has been turned upside down by this. But yeah. on a personal level too. Well, first of all,
1: I'll address like the work stuff. Like I'm, and I feel like you're kind of in this too because you can work from home. We're extremely lucky. Like I still have my job. Like yes, the show maybe in the coming weeks might not be as great as it will because we're all doing it like remotely, so we're not there, and our show goes a lot of unspoken. communication. So like our show is suffering a little bit, but I'm not going to complain because in the food industry, you know, obviously all in like first responders, like these people are all, you know, you know, so where I have, obviously like, like our job, my job has been made a little more difficult, but I still have my job and we're still able to do it. And we like, you know, in the scheme of thing, our job is not very important. So I'm very appreciative of that professionally. So like, while it has been a little bit of a burden, like I'm still counting my blessings with that. Um as far as the family stuff I think like everybody it started out a couple like a week or two ago where I was most worried for like you and mom but you know as we've learned more about this virus and the weeks have gone on you know you see kids have been getting it in, like we're down here in you know in South Florida so like in Broward County I saw a middle school kid got it a young 2 year old got it so like it's it's gotten to the point now where it's not just affecting old people like that was thought a couple weeks ago so you know this thing is scary and you know I'm trying to just bunker down as much as possible, but yeah it's it's terrifying.
2: look the the back of my day I did uh, sort of had some fun with people complaining about having to stay at home as such a burden. That's not a hardship, folks. Uh, having to to bunker down and hunker down and social distance and stay self quarantined and all that stuff. man, we got it easy, okay? We have it easy. So many people on the front line, the doctors and nurses. Who are battling this without supplies. Can you imagine doing that job in Italy? It's insane what's happening. And in, in America, it's insane. I feel for doctors and nurses who, who are on the front lines dealing with this. So yeah, when we can't complain at all. And, and don't complain about having to self-quarantine uh, against this thing because you're saving the world. You, you really are. If, if enough people aren't doing this, this pandemic never goes away. It, it, it could be catastrophic. So yes, uh, we're not complaining. In in commenting about how all of this has sort of been an upheaval in all our lives, uh, I'm counting my blessings every day. Let's try to have some fun this episode. Yeah, please. Let's, okay. Uh,
0: <laughs> let's <laughs> yeah.
1: uh. Well, it's, obviously the people should rate, review, and subscribe. Right? That's something uh, I they think should so. probably do. Yeah,
2: they, they should do four things. They should subscribe, rate, review, and stay at home. That's all they gotta do.
1: Let's get on with this episode. All, all right.
2: And now it's time for another edition of Greg's Top Ten. We debuted this bit to rave reviews last week with our Top Ten sound effects. Won't be doing this every podcast, but this one is pretty timely. Unfortunately, because of the damn coronavirus threat we're all dealing with, it's Top Ten Facts About Toilet Paper, a commodity suddenly in short supply. At least on the supermarket shelves near me, anyway. Before we get started... Let me say quickly, I am not making light of a threat I take very seriously and hope you all are too. I heard that medical expert on the Levitard show last week talking about this thing likely killing hundreds of thousands in the US this year. And honestly, it was maybe the most terrifying interview I have ever heard in my life. At one point, Dan asked her, the doctor, uh, what in all of this gives her hope. There was a very long pause. She began answering and broke into tears. I mean, man, we're at war with this thing, and we need to unite against it. So I really shake my head at those among us who are still partying and socializing like nothing were wrong, let alone a a bleeping global pandemic. They're a danger to all of us, man. They're turning themselves into modern-day lepers. I refuse to apologize for or avoid writing or talking about real life but i also refuse to not have optimism and even a little fun in all of this darkness when possible which brings us to greg's top 10 facts about toilet paper greg's Greg,
0: top, top, top 10 10, 10.
2: 10. greg's top, top 10. 10 all right let's get this started by introducing today's number caller They call him the white Steve Harvey. It's Michael Cody.
0: Hey, Dad. Thanks for having me. They do call me that. Uh, Glad to be here.
2: All right. All right.
0: Number 10.
2: In a recent poll on whether people prefer their toilet paper to hang over or under the roll, over wiped out the competition with 65%. Oh, yeah. It's got it. I mean, you know, uh, you, you can't trust the unders. I hear you. Overs all the way. Right. All right. Number nine. Toilet paper is shrinking the average square once was 4.5 by 4 inches it's now 4.1 by 3.7 wow that could not be any less interesting like how did that make your list hey <laughs> first of all it was only number nine it was low on the list the other thing is you may be on jeopardy someday one of the categories is toilet paper and that question comes up so you're welcome oh, okay good
0: no you're right now now I love
2: it yeah. okay here
0: we go let's do it number eight
2: toilet paper in different colors peaked in popularity in the 1960s. Scott was the last major company to stop that when in 2004 it ceased production of beige, blue and pink rolls. (laughs) At first I just thought it was a man named Scott. I was like, why why does he have all that power? (laughs) Number 7! On Pinterest... You can find 1,001 things to do with empty cardboard toilet paper rolls, and every one of them looked like a cheap arts and craft project involving cardboard toilet paper rolls. (laughs) That's good.
0: (laughs) Number six.
2: In 2007, singer Sheryl Crow revealed she limits herself to one square of toilet paper per visit and two or three squares for, quote, pesky situations. (laughs) That does sound like Sheryl. All right. Number five. In 2020, award-winning podcaster Greg Cody revealed he uses 67 squares of toilet paper for pesky situations involving a torrential explosion and more than two flushes. Uh, yep. I I can not only believe that, I know it to be fact. Okay. (laughs) All right. All right. Number four! Global toilet paper production requires 27,000 trees in a single day. That's a lot of wood. (laughs) It really is. (laughs) Number three. Moist toilet paper, sometimes called wet wipes, should not be flushed because they can create congealed masses in the sewer system known as fatbergs. Wow. That's interesting. Wet wipes. I thought those weren't the same as moist uh, uh, as toilet paper. I only know what I'm reading. (laughs) 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 You're like, you're going too far in it. Sorry. All right. Here we go. Number two. Toilet paper dates to 6th century China. Before then, wealthy folks sometimes wiped with lace cloth while the poorest used corn cobs.
0: (laughs) That took a big... uh, That was a hard left turn right there. (laughs) All right, here we go. And now, the number one favorite fact about toilet paper.
2: During the 2020 coronavirus pandemic, A shortage of toilet paper blamed on hoarding and panic buying led one man, Greg Cody, to fill his entire garage with 17,700 corn cobs. Very good. (laughs) Hey, that was a lot of fun with Michael, Greg's top ten toilet paper. And now we're going (laughs) to... Now we're gonna get real sportsy. We're gonna uh, talk some football, talk some uh, NFL free agency, and and um, Chris is back with me. And again, we're gonna hit the Dolphins hard. But first, Tom Brady uh, divorcing himself from New England and going to of all teams the Tampa Bay Bucks biggest story by far in free agency. I referred to him uh, that move, New England to Tampa Bay, is like going from filet mignon to a can of spam. It's an interesting challenge. For everybody involved, for Belichick, it's GOAT versus GOAT. Yeah. You know, Brady versus Belichick right now. I think it's fascinating. I, I think two things when I think
1: of this move. I think it's Brady clearly wanting to prove, hey, in the pie chart of the Patriots' success, this wasn't all Belichick. Like, I can go do this on my own. And the other thing is, I think back to that story that was reported on uh, months ago, when, and years ago even, with Jimmy Garoppolo. All the reports say is that the Patriots offered Tom Brady instead of Garoppolo, to the 49ers and Bob Kraft came in and squashed it and I think ever since then they've been splintered and that is I think where this all like we we saw him leaving is is the the climax of that story where with the San Francisco 49ers I,
2: You're 100% right in fact on this podcast Mina Kimes last week mentioned that she thought Uh, Belichick was just fine with Brady leaving and in fact that this had been building for a few years uh, referring to what you just did so uh, that's absolutely true um what do you think is
1: like who could Belichick go with at quarterback that is like the ultimate I can do this without Tom Brady
2: well
0: uh, I mean
1: the first name that pops into my mind is Andy Dalton
2: Oh, wow. Like, that's like,
1: in terms of, I mean, obviously, maybe that the Stidham guy, the yeah, guy that they, they drafted. Right, he's so, their young guy. So, yeah. that would be a guy like I can do it with anybody, too. But I just feel like if they traded for Andy Dalton, that would just be hit the ultimate middle finger up from Belichick saying, Look who I can do this with. Right.
2: I, well, I think the ultimate would be sticking with Stidham, the young guy, and just saying, Look, Brady's old. Here's the young guy, new generation. I, I won with the, the greatest quarterback of all time. Now I'm going to win with a guy nobody's ever heard of. Um, I mean,
1: those receivers with, like, Brady, while he looked very human and, like, you know, he fell off a little last year. He didn't look like the Tom Brady of old. He looked like a 43 or 42-year-old, however old he was last season. Right, But... You know, his skill guys just got a lot better. Oh, my god. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin.
2: I mean, those two guys both made the Pro Bowl. Yeah. That's rare for two wideouts on the same team to both make the Pro Bowl. And their two
1: tight ends, O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait, they're not huge names, but they are, like, very Gronk-esque in right. terms of the way they look. Yeah. If they shore up that offensive line, that offense is obviously going to be
2: good. No, you're right. The running back is a little bit of a question. I thought... For about a hot minute, I was dreaming that they, they were going to get Todd Gurley when he became available. Yeah. How great would that have been? Well, he's not that, that's a name, but I know the name Todd Gurley sounds flashy, but that dude is just not the same anymore. Well, health and money, you're right about that. But getting back to Brady for a second, everybody talks about this as, oh, who's going to win? Which GOAT is going to come out on top? I predict they're both going to come out on top, and it's going to happen because Brady wins this thing if he makes Tampa a playoff team, right. period. If they win not 10 games... In a playoff game, man, he's 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 won this. But if Belichick gets to the playoffs again, wins the AFC East again, which he's still favored to do, without Tom Brady, he wins this thing. So it's it's very conceivable that both of these guys are going to be just fine. I'm trying to think who I'm rooting
1: for of those goats to fail. As a journalist, do you have any opinion on that? Well, as,
2: as a journalist in, in Miami uh, who writes a lot about the Dolphins, I'd rather see Belichick fail so that we finally have a wide-open AFC East. But from a national perspective, the the better story, I think, is Tom Brady succeeding. Because all of a sudden, Tom Brady's sort of like wearing underdog clothes right now. He's going to a team that, that is a traditional loser. Um, I just think that if, if he reinvents himself at age 43, that's unprecedented. That's going to be a hell, hell of a ride. Yeah. Some of the other big moves that interested me, I mean, Philip Rivers, also an old quarterback, uh, going to the <laughs> Indianapolis Colts and, and sort of uh, shoving Jacoby Brissett into the background, and you, you had that weird DeAndre Hopkins trade where Arizona just pickpocketed Houston. I don't know what Bill O'Brien's thinking. I think DeAndre Hopkins has a lot left in him. He's, he's in his prime, and, and that was a terrific move for Arizona. Uh, and all of a sudden, Kyler Murray is going to look a lot better, uh, not just because he's a year in, but because he's got an elite receiver. Nobody
1: in the last week or so has benefited and appreciated the news streams being swallowed up by Brady and coronavirus more than Bill O'Brien. Right. (laughs) This guy had the worst consensus, terrible trade that he made with Arizona, where he basically gave up a top two or three receiver in the entire league for essentially adding... A second-round pick. Yeah. That's what they netted from that, and it's just consensus—a laughing, a laughing stock of a trade. And yet, nobody other than just saying that sentence, he seems to have the last week skated from like headlines on all these major national shows because everyone's talking about Brady right. and everyone's talking about the coronavirus. Yeah, so, it- like, he's sitting at home thinking. Wow. I mean, he, might—he for all, for all we know, thinks it was a good trade, but he's sitting at home not having to watch himself get murdered on TV right? because of these other things in the news. Yeah,
2: and you can only imagine what Deshaun Watson is thinking if you give him truth serum. Hey, what do you think of that deal? Oh, bleepity, bleepity, bleep. I just lost my best wide receiver. All right, let's dive into the Miami Dolphins right now. Um, there's a dichotomy of opinion. Uh, I've, I've heard and read a lot of local... Miami journalists seem to love what they've done in free agency. Um, the the grades, I think Bill Barnwell on ESPN grading it, grading it, and uh, he was given most of their moves C's and maybe a C plus here and a C minus, very average grade so, so like me in high school, yeah, I I, you I don't want to be the me of high school. No, I wasn't going to bring that up, but uh, <laughs> yeah, and the me and the you in college was worse. But let's not go there. Um, the start of college, okay, uh, Byron Jones, you, you, you cannot argue with them signing Byron Jones. I think They may have overpaid for him, but it's a great move. This is one of those moves,
1: and not to jump in and cut you off, I I feel like everyone's faking it on Byron Jones. I don't think anybody, and I include you, me, anybody down in South Florida that's writing about him the last week or so, nobody watched him play with Dallas. (laughs) We just saw that they made him the highest-played guy, so we're all just assuming that he's really good, and I am too. But I, I, I had heard the name. I had not seen that guy make one play in the history of
2: my watching football in the last right. few years. And, and here's why he's under the radar. He's not a ball hawk. He's, not, he's got two interceptions in his career. In five years, he has two interceptions. That's not a guy who sounds like he should be the highest-paid cornerback. Right. Um, and, and they're also spending a disproportionate money. Why is he highest-paid, then? What's, what am I missing? You know, he, he was the number one-ranked available cornerback. And cornerback is, is a position like left tackle and quarterback. I mean, it's just one of those sexy positions. Don't, they, that,
1: don't the Dolphins now pay the two highest? Like, the two highest-paid cornerbacks in the NFL right. are on the Dolphins, right? Yeah,
2: which is insane. I mean, I guess it could be a good thing, but they better perform. Yeah, and, 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 you know, one of them was injured half of last season, and the other one's got two picks in five seasons. So, you know, there's a lot for them to prove as a tandem and individually. But on balance, uh, I think they, they did get a good cornerback there. And, and I also like two of their other additions. Uh, Shaq Lawson and Kyle Van Noy both had six and a half sacks last mm-hmm. season. You know, they, they may not be Pro Bowl caliber, but they're a lot better uh, on the edge than than what Miami had last season. So I think those guys are good. But there's negatives too. And and one of the reasons, you know, the, the, the Barnwells of the world are giving them average grades is that Jordan Howard, man, he's not the answer at running back. That That's why I was thrilled for Miami when... Todd Gurley said, I either want to go to the Falcons or the Dolphins, because the Dolphins could have really used him. Jordan Howard uh, is, is not a, a help on the receiving end. He's got average speed. He's an average running back, an interchangeable guy. You could have, you could have drafted a Jordan Howard in the, in the fourth round, in the fifth round. Uh, so I didn't like that move. I, feel like, I just feel like when comparing him to Todd Gurley,
1: I think with Gurley's injury questions, you're getting about the same guy. The name Todd Gurley is flashier than Jordan Howard. I agree with you. They could probably get a guy very similar to him in the draft and pay a lot less. But, you know, they had a lot of money to spend. They had needs. Running back's one of them. Now they got a pro. That's what I feel about a lot of these moves. They didn't really get any guys that were – other than Byron Jones, who we hope makes a pro bowl if he's the highest paid guy – but we don't get a we didn't get a lot of guys that we know are going to make Pro Bowls. But we got a lot of guys that we know are going to play.
2: Well, and they're going to contribute. There's no question that they upgraded the roster. But but that's a low bar to jump over. Right. I mean, the roster was so bad that uh, yes yes, adding Jordan Howard helps the running back room when you consider their leading rusher last year was a 39 year old quarterback. Right. So that, in that sense, of course, they they benefited. But another move I didn't like: uh, ten million dollars a year. For offensive lineman Eric Flowers, who flamed out with the Giants. He's got to prove he's more than an average lineman. That seems like a lot of money to pay him. And
1: I feel... The only thing I'd say there is, I feel like there could be some value to a guy coming home, being where he wants to be, and just, like, really realizing that if I'm going to be a pro, this is gonna... This is it. Yeah. Like, this team, my hometown team, has put confidence in me. They paid me a lot of money. I kind of feel the way about that, as I feel about a lot of these moves. He now... Just because of how depleted they were, this he should be at the top of the depth chart. So regardless of what they've had to pay him,
2: they improved the room. Yeah, I hope he uh, comes into this thinking this could be my last this, chance. This to is prove a guy that part. was
1: a top ten pick at one point, wasn't he?
2: Uh, he was right around there. Might have been eleventh or something. I'm not yeah. sure. Um, you know, but but I look at this Dolphins draft and I, I think to myself, their work is still ahead. The draft is going to be more important to this team's future than what they just did in free agency. They still have to get that quarterback, whether it's trading up from five to three to do it. They have to get their quarterback, who I continue to think is going to be Tua Tagovailoa. He was picked ninth overall
1: in the first round okay. by the Giants.
2: Then he's been close. Look, I don't want to slam him too much. He's, he's a, 25 a, years old. You know, when you go from a left tackle to becoming a guard, that that's not a good career arc to have. $10 million a year for a guard who has been a little bit of a, a draft bust for a number nine overall pick is, is a lot to spend.
1: What is what would be <laughs> okay. the move you want to see in free agency? Of the guys that are available left, you got the clownies of the world, the Jameis Winstons. We could even put Cam Newton in here because he can be he's available. It's, it appears be, via trade, right. What's just like a hypothetical fun move that you'd want to see? I'll go first. okay. And I know I mentioned earlier that Belichick could stick a middle finger to everybody if he did it with Andy Dalton. So that's a different game. In the game of what I would just want to see, I want to see him bring in Jameis Winston. I can't picture any two opposites than Jameis Winston and Bill Belichick. Yeah,
2: it would be be, uh, the hoodie saying, uh, okay, the goat just left me. Now I'm getting a guy who just threw 30 interceptions and I'm still winning. (laughs) I actually think Jameis Winston's good. Okay, my pick Uh, for what I'd like to see is uh, the the same team but a different quarterback. I think Cam Newton in New England is a really nice fit. What Bill Belichick has created in New England can save Cam Newton. I just really believe that. Uh, You know, so many of Bill Belichick's guys, uh, when they go to other teams and the Dolphins signed a few expats, they don't live up to what they did in New England. There's a reason for that. Uh, I think Belichick would be great for... Cam Newton, um, and and I think Cam Newton has a, a bigger upside, a taller upside than uh, than Winston does.
1: Look at us, huh? Doing a little deep dive on free agency. How about that? I, I feel like we did okay. I think we uh, faked it pretty well. Look at us, yeah. Free agency. How about it?
2: We're pleased to welcome a special guest now, Juju Gotti. The many Levitard Show listeners who are all aboard our new podcast don't need much of an introduction on. This guy, he's a super fan of the show, who became a friend of the show, and he's more than that now. I think he's part of the show family. Uh, in, in fact, when we've had show events and he comes to them, he gets recognized and approached uh, just as much as, uh, as the people who are on the show do. And um, we sure appreciate him being here. Juju, you have, um, you have new music out. You're a rapper. You're a rap producer, and you have a new collection of songs out, uh, an album called *Dark Nights*, and it's uh, it's being very well received. I've heard some of the tracks. Uh, I'm, I'm honored to have heard one called 1440, uh, which uh, I'd like you to tell the people. About and um, later, we're gonna, of course, tell people how they can get your new music uh, and, and access it and buy it. But first, uh, welcome and uh, and talk a little bit about your new album.
0: Oh man, first of all, you are definitely one of my heroes, and every chance I get to speak to you, like it's always definitely an honor and a pleasure. But Dark Nights is, is pretty much a metaphor for what I was basically experiencing. While I was recording these specific tracks. Except for 1440. Which is just one of the most timeless pieces of our generation. Like, whenever, I mean, you say, The life I live, I never dreamed. Or ever thought I'd see. You know what I mean? I, I relate. You know what I mean? I'm with you. And then when you, uh, when you finish your verse, and then you tilt your hat down, and the camera pan down to your boots... Ah, oh, man, that's better than uh, when they put the cape on James Brown.
2: Well, I'm honored that you turned my ballad of 1440 into a sample that produced something for your album. Uh, uh, I think uh, that uh, that song found uh, my limited uh, range uh, pushing it on that high octave, but um, we did the best we could. Talk about uh, the Dan Stanzik song. He's... Um, of course, the producer of uh, Stugats' uh, podcast, Stupidity, And he, and you wrote a song about him.
0: Uh, uh, how'd that all come about? And that was actually crazy. Um, I was going through like a little rough patch in life at that point. Um, you know, life, you peaks and valleys. I was going through, you know what I mean, a definite valley. Um, <laughs> I shared it with Chris, you know what I mean, he knew about it. But yeah, so I was going through it, and I had a little drive ahead of me out of town, and so I said, you know, instead of listening to music, you know what I mean, which is kind of bringing me down at that point, let me listen to Stupidity, you know, which you can catch every Thursday on the lebertard and Friends Network, you know what I mean, wherever you get your podcast, you heard me. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm listening to Stupidity, and they having like, you know, casual talk, athletes that connote, you know, whatever. Uh, there was... Talking to Tony Baselli as well, you know, we found out that his name was Don Bosco Baselli. you know, the more you know. And then so I was kind of like thoroughly distracted from my my pain, you know what I mean, my, my actual hurt. And then they start talking about a rapper and how he uh, used uh, Trey Wingo name in the rap and how it's the ultimate like salute from a rapper to put your name in a song. And then my dog through was like, nah, my dog Juju got it, he done put me in the song. And then with a flying knee off the top rope, froggy splash style, (laughs) Stanzik like, nah, he don't qualify. So I was like, yo, what the hell is going on here? Like, I'm literally going through a rough patch specifically in that category as well as my other side of my life just crumble and you going to get on wax in front of millions of subscribers uh bigger than Oprah subscribe rate and review <laughs> and you basically telling all these folks that I'm not good at my job like what the hell is going on here sir like sir sir you know like calm down sir like I'm really, like, I literally be in the streets every day with goons and goblins, like, the scariest of the batch. Like, which is neither here nor there, you know, but definitely pertinent. And I would see if Big Snoop Dogg or 50 Cent, you know what I mean, wanted to critique me on my, you know what I mean, my craft, my rapping skills. Or wanted to qualify me, if you may. But... I'm definitely not about to be disrespected by Dan Stansic, board opponent out of Bristol, Connecticut. Hell, nah, get uh-uh, on, sir, sir. You need to calm down, sir. And that is the Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless, only at Walmart, sir.
2: I am. Uh, I'm. I'm loving the. <laughs> I'm loving the impromptu ad for uh, Straight Talk Wireless at the end of that. Oh, my gosh. Um, well, thanks again for uh, sampling uh, part of my uh, Ballad of 1440 song. I'm truly honored to, to actually have that on, like, a professionally made record. It's a cheap thrill. Uh, you took a blowtorch to Dan Stanzik in that rap on him, uh, <laughs> and uh, and probably well-deserved. And, and that's one more reason uh, to get this uh, new music called Dark Nights from Juju Gotti. Hey. Tell everybody um, how they can buy this music,
0: how, how they can ac- access it, where they go to get it. Oh, man, you can actually find my music on every streaming uh, platform. Uh, Apple Music, Spotify, Tidal, Amazon, YouTube, TikTok, wherever music is streamed. Search Juju Gotti, and it'll come right up. Please support Juju Gotti's new music, Dark Nights, if you can. Buy
2: it up. You don't even have to leave the house to do it. And and listen, I have a long-standing policy: anybody who is kind enough to get a tattoo of my face on their leg, I'm going to support them. I'm going to support them in any way I can. In this case, I want to get serious for just a second. Juju Gotti's a a listener, who became a friend, and it's pretty unusual uh, what what sort of brought us together. Without my having any idea, I said a few things on the air that. Somehow caught him at just the right moment, and inspired him, and meant a lot to him to the degree that that he now re- refers to me as one of his heroes, and and that's profound to me. That means a lot, and and I really appreciate it. Juju, thank you so much for being with us today.
0: Ah, man, thank you so much for having me, big brother. I really appreciate you, man, from the bottom of my heart, dog. Like congratulations again on your podcast. And I wish you nothing but success in the future, man. Thank you again for Chris, you know what I mean, and your whole family. Salute to y'all. Keep doing your thing, and I'm rooting for y'all. And I got y'all back forever.
2: Okay, we really want to thank Juju Gotti. That was a fun interview. I want y'all to support his music. Listen to it, buy it if you can. Uh, It's a good way to jump down a rabbit hole Uh, during these stay-at-home days. Juju's become a a real friend of ours, and he's a great follow on Instagram, so follow him there as well. Listen, I want to thank you all, family, for joining us again. If if you're listening to me right now, it means you've listened to the whole podcast. I can't tell you how much I appreciate this. We enjoy doing them. We're going to continue doing them, and and if our half-hour podcast can can make you smile uh, a little bit every week during tough times, uh, that that gratifies me, and and I thank you so much. We're gonna see you right back here again next Monday or next week. Thanks a lot. Bye bye.